Marawa Sports Worldwide. Give us just impromptu. I mean, you're on Marawa Sports Worldwide. Let's get you into the mood. I mean, how would you deliver in a typical Peter Drury way, as long as you want it to be, whatever you want to mention, Peter, the floor is yours. Okay, Ducky. Well, let's give this a whirl, shall we? This is the incomparable Marawa Sports Worldwide simulcast on Metro FM and Radio 2000. Peter, <laughs> I, w- I want you to save your voice for the weekend. <laughs> thank Rob, you. Rob, it's really good to speak to you. I hope we do it again. To everyone who has been kind enough, the, um, thank you so much. Peter Drury, thank you so much. All the best. Hashtag MSW. So the confirmation from the news that the president will be addressing the nation straight after Marawa Sports Worldwide. Great to know that the president still firmly listens to the show. Now, European football has also been on suspension. Um, Yeah, people frustrated these days. Let's head off now to the UK, uh, catch up with the legendary commentator Peter Drury. Uh, We're going to be looking at how the situation is right now, right there. How is he keeping himself occupied and all sorts of other uh, questions? And I know a lot of you have been also sending voice notes uh, to ask Peter a question or two uh, because I, I, for one, miss the voice of this man. Peter, good evening. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing, Rob? So nice to hear from you again. Oh, man. I mean, what a time. We all locked up, cooked up at home. The lockdown is fully in effect as well. I, Good to hear your voice, Peter, firstly, and thank you so much for indulging us and taking your time to chat to us. We always appreciate these moments. How, how's everything on your side? How's the lockdown? Yeah, I, listen, it, it's, it's a very weird time. It's, it's strange, isn't it, because it, it's a time that is uniting like nothing ever has before the whole world. We, we all understand how each other feels at the moment, and... Um, it's, it is, on the one hand, obviously immensely frustrating for all of us who want to go about our daily life and, and live the way we got used to living. But on the other hand, I, I'm bound to say, Rob, that um, there's a certain quietness about life. There's a ease, a gentleness about life that would never otherwise come our way, you know, and... Um, I don't want to get overly profound. I'm just a fool who shouts footballers' names. But, but it, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, to try and find a silver lining. And, and the silver lining is that I suppose we could all reevaluate a bit. Uh, and I say I'm not trying to be overly profound because, okay. listen, I'm missing the sport as, as hungrily as, as the next man and woman. You know, we're, we're missing these things that, that decorate our lives. But, um, we're only a, a week or two into this thing, um, and no doubt I'll feel differently in a couple of months' time. But, but for now, the, the, I, I'm taking some solace in, in, the, in the quietness. That is crazy, though, Peter. Give me a sense, though, of how you structure your day now, knowing that there's no travels, there's no... Um, whether it's European football, whether it's the local EPL, but you, you're now just simply grounded where you are. What, what does a typical Peter Drury day look like? <laughs> I forgot what structure is, haven't you, already? <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's very strange. I, I mean, I have three adult sons, and, and two of them have come back home to the family house now, um, as well as my wife and I. 
And um, we're rubbing along just fine, you know. Um, one of those two is a student, so he's, he's working on towards his sort of end of academic year. The other one is, is working from home, so that's good. He, you know, he's fortunate. He still has his job. Um, and um, my wife and I just get on with running the home, really. Um, I'm, I'm lucky. I can read a bit more than I used to. I am lucky that my two sons are home because they're sort of playmates, you know. I can go and kick a ball outside the house with, with one of my sons if I need to. Um, I'm, I'm going for a run every day, which is good for me because when I'm busy, I don't always manage to do that. Um, uh, and, and as I say, I'm reading books, not sports-related, but, you know, I, I would love to have had the chance to read before. But listen, I, I, what I don't want to do is sound smug because I'm a very fortunate, you know, and so are you. You're getting on with your job and so on. Uh, as yet, this thing hasn't affected me adversely. And uh, I, I'm, you know, immensely conscious of the fact that there are people whose lives, not just through the illness itself, which which must be in many cases horrendous, especially for the elderly, but uh, in terms of loss of income and loss of business and so on, is it, having a, a really massive effect. So I don't want to sound smug, but the, but mm. you ask about the day I'm having, and and that is that is the way I'm passing it in a very gentle way. Because each and every day, though, Peter, as you speak, uh, I, I continuously look at what really scares me. And the, the, the latest update, which literally popped up, what, 15 minutes ago on, on my timeline, indicating that in the UK, the reports are that 2,690 new cases of coronavirus and 180 new deaths have happened. So that's a total of 22,141 cases and 1,408 people have died in the uk yeah that is shocking Listen, it's it's horrendous it's horrendous you know uh, and it just shows that that this is not a disease that discriminates um you know we, we are all helpless in the face of it and all we can do is our bit and stay at home and and isolate ourselves and and it's very very frightening here here i am fortunate enough to live in, in one of the wealthier countries in the world that that's you know, it's, it's a great place to live, and but it doesn't matter where you live now. Um, mm. This thing is out there, and it's, it, is, it is very, very frightening. Um, and anybody who has a, an elderly relative has cause to be frightened on their behalf. You know, and, and some of the stories on the news are, are just awful. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you uh, where you are. You know, that uh, old people's care homes, you know, that there are... There are buildings full of very old people, and if that virus gets inside that building, you know, the, the, the ramifications don't need to go into. They're, they're just dreadful because those are people who can't survive it. Um, and that, I think, um, accounts for, you know, a lot of the, the, the rising numbers in terms of, of deaths. And I, I, I must say... Um, I lost my own mother just before Christmas, uh, and it was a terrible time, obviously, a very sad time. She was an elderly lady, but yeah. I think of people now who are losing their elderly parents um, under these circumstances at a time when they are becoming, instead of a sad individual moment, sadly, horribly sadly, a, just a sort of statistic, uh, when, when every single death is a personal deeply personal moments, and also at a time when 
relatives are not able to go and visit their desperately ill elderly parents and, and grandparents, so they're dying largely alone at a time when, for families, organizing a funeral is next to impossible. Uh, and, and even when you do manage to organize a funeral, you, hardly anybody's allowed to go. You know, these, these are all deeply personal issues that, that are, are happening now by the thousand. And, um, you know, it's, it's horrible, truly horrible. You beat me to it, Peter, because I, I was in our conversation going to get to that very personal um, issue around your mom. And we all know that there was a stage where everybody kind of missed you on, when the football was still on and your voice was not there and people started to get worried. And I think they then issued a statement that uh, she was not well at that stage. And then subsequent to that, her passing. So I do accept our condolences as Marawa Sports Worldwide and also the SABC uh, here in South Africa because there, there are multitudes of people that listen to what you do uh, and to have you know the rock of the family uh, go it's always deeply depressing so our, our deepest condolences for that well I appreciate that I really do thank you thank you so much for it. it was um, it was now more than three months ago um, and and we've come through it really nicely and and it's it's been a strengthening time for my family I'm really proud and happy to say uh, and I, I will, you know, my mother was wonderful, but I guess we all say that about our mothers. Uh, yeah. I, I just would, would say um, that, that, that I feel so uh, blessed, A, to have had her, B, to have lost her at a time when I was able to go through the process in the company of my family. Um, but C, I, I feel, as I say, huge sympathy to the many thousands around the world who all of a sudden are losing their elderly relatives under such awful circumstances uh, where, where they simply can't react in practical mm. terms in the way that they should be able to. Just tap dancing, because that's usually what we do when we have you on the show. We still kind of need to try to get you for the full entire duration of the show, Peter. But let's touch on <laughs> you know, the important business of... of, of of football and obviously football takes a backseat to life and that is the way it should be but he was having us starting to see a very unique picture painting itself everybody sealing it and saying it is liverpool's uh, title after 30 years of waiting there it is it's going to be there but now all of a sudden this happens and there is no football and, and yeah. really no real decision has been taken where do you think this might all end up well, there are so many theories flying around. Uh, and you're right, Rob, by the way. I mean, we're, we always have to sort of preface this by saying, in the great scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But yeah. we contradict ourselves by moving on to say, well, actually, it kind of does. Uh, because mm. this, this really, really does feature in people's lives in a big way. And there are so many theories flying about about how the English season should resolve itself. I think the one where there is more or less unanimity... Uh, is that, come what may, whether we finish this season or not, Liverpool should be declared champions of it. Now, th that's easy, and it, it's just circumstance. They're so far clear, everybody knows they were going to win it. Uh, I don't think, truthfully, that would be much consolation for Liverpool, because um, although they could be handed the cup, they'd be handed the cup in an empty stadium uh, without their wonderful crowd, they would be champions with an asterisk against their name for the rest of history. 
saying, well, this is the season that didn't quite finish and we all felt sorry for Liverpool, it wouldn't feel real to them. Um, but I think regardless of that, that would be, under those circumstances, the best we could do. Um, the other possibility I keep reading, and I, I'm only repeating to you what I've read, uh, mm. is that by June, perhaps, where the European Championships were to have been, but which have been postponed, it's possible that we could have a sort of tournament month where the last nine games each of the Premier League season could be played um, behind closed doors on neutral grounds, you know, sort of four or five games a day, everything on television, um, without crowds, as I say, which, which wouldn't be great, but would at least observe the integrity of the competition and enable everybody to have finished and the right person to be champion and the right people to be relegated and so on. Of course, the sort of worst-case scenario is that somebody says, sorry, we've just run out of time, we can't play these games, this season didn't count, um, which would be so flat, so terribly flat. But I, I think probably slightly more practicable than the, the, uh, <coughs> the other alternative, excuse me, which would be... Sure. Um, uh, which would be uh, saying, OK, wherever you are now, that's how it ends. So Liverpool would be champions. The bottom three clubs would be relegated uh, as it stands now, which would be profoundly unfair on three clubs who still have a chance of catching up the rest. So it's a horrible mess, but it's a mess you can't blame anybody for. You know, nobody intended this to happen. This is not, um, this, this is beyond the capacity of humans to sort out. So I, I would say I feel a huge sympathy for the big decision makers because they're going to have some very big decisions to make. And try and make them on time as well so that everybody uh, is able to plan and plan accordingly. Broadcasters have to be taken care of and, and know and understand because they're the ones that plow in all this money uh, to make the sport happen. Well, Peter, I, I do believe, though, that... Um, I mean, we were chatting. I'm, I'm not even in studio. Uh, we've also all had to take our precautionary measures. So I'm broadcasting uh, from somewhere, somehow, someplace in, in South Africa. <laughs> You're sounding great. You're sounding great. <laughs> so uh, do forgive me from time to time. But I do believe that lots of voice notes have come through. Uh, I, I keep telling you that people love you here in South Africa, and you know this. Uh, but, yeah, let's listen into a few of those voice notes. Okay. Hello there. How are you, Robert? This is Kusiso Temba from Gamshusha, Mpumalana. My question to Peter Drury. Um, I would like him to take off his commentating shoes for, for a moment. Mm. Um, which decision does he really think will be a fair one, a decision that should be taken by the Premier League? Should the league be given to Liverpool or something must happen? Rob, my name is Given mm-hmm. from Mutata. The question I would love to, 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 to ask uh, Pra Pra Peter, how is he coping from England? How is the situation in England? And yeah, I miss his comment, man. I miss Evening to you, Mr. Marawa broadcasting from somewhere, somehow, in some place. Mr. Marawa, I really would love to know from Mr. Peter Drury as to how is Michael Ateta is coping after being tested positive. 
I'm uh, hey Rob, and this is Ziga from um, Dantani. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Peter Drew is a legend. He's one of my favorite uh, commentators for the Premier League. I like listening to him, and he, he's just a legend, man. I mean, he paints the whole atmosphere in the field. I still remember um, the match he did, which was in uh, 2010 here in SA. Which was the first match, South Africa versus Mexico. He he did a good job. I just want to ask him if um if the Premier League would uh, be cancelled or abandoned now, would it be fair for Liverpool to be awarded the title now? Right. Rob, please ask Peter if does he plan his wet play before the games or it just happens depending on the mood of the game. Just want to know because, oh my God, his grammar, his word play, mother. Wow, Mr. Marawa, thanks for bringing the best commentator in the world at Selinda here. I will never forget that uh, Aguero last minute goal. Yeah, that one, it's legendary. Well, I'd like to ask um, for those upcoming commentators, what advice would you give them? And also, do you think um, this pandemic does it affect uh, the the English football in which way? You know, uh, do you think uh, the the Premier League is it going to continue, or do you think it's not going to continue? Thanks. All right, nice one. Thank you so much for all those voice notes. Uh, maybe some a duplication of the questions that I've already asked. Uh, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's a personal thing. The first one from Smu, uh, Peter, was just saying uh, your professional hat off. Do you think Liverpool should just get the trophy? Uh, yeah, first of all, thank you for all those lovely questions. Yeah, honestly, it warms my heart. It's, it's so lovely to hear that sort of feedback, so thank you. Uh, it, personally speaking, it's just a personal opinion, but I, I, I think, Rob, it's a pretty uncontroversial one. I think mm. whatever happens uh, now, um, Liverpool must be champions. Yeah, that's, that's my view. All right, somebody asked about uh, how you were coping. I think you addressed that, playing around, kicking around, jogging, football. Uh, I mean, Mikel Arteta was almost that catalyst, though. There was a question about how uh, Arteta is coping. I don't know how much access you have to directly that information, Peter, but he he was almost that person who tested positive, who was a high-profile individual that almost made people sit back and say, oh, we can't carry on with this football. How much more info do we have on him? Uh, oh, just just what he's made public, actually, and he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's through it. He's back. Uh, in, insofar as you can be back, um, I, I think he's as fit as you and I. Well, I'd like to think he's fitter <laughs> than I am. Uh, I, no, I, I don't think. Um, you know, we're, obviously, everybody was concerned for him at the time, but I mean, he is a fit man. Um, yeah. it, it was it was always evident that uh, he would be able to see off the virus. He has, and all of you Arsenal fans out there. Um, you know, you don't, you don't need to worry about him as far as I understand it, uh, personally speaking. Yeah. And, I mean, the most popular one, I think uh, it was thrown in your direction the last time we had a conversation, but maybe sometimes it doesn't hurt to repeat uh, because we get different audiences that come in, drift in and out of the show and new audiences that come in and listen to the show. But the, the, the issue, around, I mean, you're, you're a brilliant commentator, Peter, and you, I think we, we, we all know this, we all acknowledge it, and we're all just very blessed to be able to uh, listen to the work that you do. And people are fascinated, I'm fascinated by the question that was asked uh, towards the 
Leander, saying that, do you plan your word play? Because when it all comes together and you're looking at picture, you're hearing the words, everything just seems to fit, and it's almost like you were rehearsing. But football cannot be rehearsed because it is something situational. It happens, and you've got to tell the story. So maybe share the little secret towards that. Yeah, well, no, I, it's quite straightforward to answer. Um, it, pe- people are often interested in this, and, and I understand why. The truth of the matter is that once the first ball is kicked, nothing is scripted because you can't script it then. Um, you know, the, as the teams are walking out of the tunnel and as they're lining up and as we're seeing the, the, the team news and so on, the, the names on the screen, obviously I've prepared for that. It would be, uh, indeed every commentator would, it would be silly not to. That, that, is, that is when you have all the information when you know what is going to happen. You know that they are going to walk over the white line. You know there is going to be a roar of the crowd. And um, that that is something you, I believe, should be ready for. Um, But once the game kicks off, you would be a fool to try and script it because sport doesn't work according to script. So um, that that really is is as as, um, plain... Uh, an answer as I can give you. That's that's the truth of the issue. I mean, the, the extent to which you're prepared can vary because um, clearly there are days where a goal one way or another could um, could be a defining goal. And um, it, the important thing is to have in your head not the words you would use to describe that goal because you don't know who's going to score that goal, how it's going to be scored or anything, or the the circumstances under which it might arrive. But it's, it's important just to be clear-headed so that if and when such a moment does arrive, um, you can attempt to articulate it um, and, and, and understand its meaning. That's, that's, mm. that's the extent to which you can be prepared. Once, once the ball is rolling, it's out of your hands and you just have to kind of go on intent. Well, we had to be prepared ourselves here, though, because um, as we prepare to wrap up the conversation, let's just remind you of maybe just the one little bit of commentary uh, in the season. You talked about Liverpool, and this man has certainly been one of the uh, shining stars for the past uh, season or so. It's on the Demanded that he should score for Liverpool, and they reach out for it once more. Closer yet and closer. A goal against the enemy, Virgil van Dijk, in by Batshuayi and sneaked in at the near post. Cesar Azpilicueta with a nifty finish. And Chelsea do have their lead back. He can sit and settle again with a modicum of comfort. And Roberto Firmino thrashes the leaders into another lead. Man, love that. Oh, just kind of reminds me. I almost <laughs> went and, and switched on the television there to see what football is going to be on. It would be a mess of me very quickly. I literally have two minutes left. Um, VAR, I mean, are we winning? Are we losing? We've just seen so many oh. crazy decisions. Do you know what? Isn't that interesting? One what, what of the great blessings of the last three weeks has been no, having no VAR arguments. Do you know, funnily enough, we, we are still learning. The simple answer is we're still learning. In England, I mean, there are countries ahead of England in terms of learning the VAR process. Um, and and it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's hardly headline news at the moment, but it's frustrating that we are losing this learning 
period right now. Um, we're, we're not there yet. It's clear we're not there yet. Um, we, you know, we started the season saying this will give us the chance to be clinically correct in every decision. And it's proven that that hasn't been the case. And indeed, sometimes when it's been clinically correct on those crazy offside calls, according to where people's armpits are, people haven't enjoyed it being clinically correct. So we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and find out exactly what we actually want from this thing, as well as how we want to execute it. Unbelievable stuff. We'll keep uh, checking up on you from time to time, Peter. It, it really is a, a, a great, great relief to hear your voice. It's also great to know that the families come together stronger uh, and, and, and continue to be that way. Let's just heed the call, try and follow the basic uh, requirements uh, that keep us out of harm's way, basically. That is where we are right now. It's a difficult time. It's a testing time for everybody around the world. Uh, but we, we certainly never lose sight of uh, all, always remembering the great work, Peter, that you continue to do. Well, bless you. Thank you so much, Robin. And listen, everybody, just keep smiling. Keep smiling and keep safe and keep doing the things you're meant to do. And we'll all start celebrating sport again before too long, let's hope. Thanks, Thank Rob. you so much. As always, Peter, all the best. Stay strong. Cheers. That's Peter Drury there joining me all the way from his home. Uh, he is, you know, obviously just taking a bit of a breather, says he's reading, he's jogging, he's with the family, the sons are there, they're playing football. And man, even if he's talking, man, sounds like he's commentating. <laughs> That's the beauty about about people like him. It's, it, it really is absolute honor, absolute joy uh, that he makes time for us here on Marawa Sports Worldwide.